Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Geekscapists, welcome to our brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host. And if this is your first Geekscape, well, strap yourselves in. We are going to be talking movies, a lot of movies, uh, some TV, and we've got Josh Jackson here. So chances are you're going to get some video games as well. This is Geekscape. We like to cover, uh, I don't know, sort of a, a mile wide and an inch deep as far as pop culture goes. Sometimes, though, we have experts that go pretty deep on this subject, and I have surrounded myself with a plethora of them today. Uh, I've got my co-host Katie Hampton on the show, and we're also joined by specialists from the Geekscape Network, Josh Jackson from Geekscape Games, Derek from the Xbox Game Passengers Podcast, and Matt Kelly, who runs the network and is also one of the hosts of the Horror Movie Night Podcast. We all were at Comic-Con, and this is the first live episode that I've done since. It's been about three weeks since we've done a live episode so i'm really glad to be doing it it's a lot of fun and uh, if you missed comic con well it's all in the audio feed if you're watching this on facebook youtube or twitch you're actually missing a lot of cool content on the geekscape podcast feed we have five shows from comic con each day i sat down with everybody who came by the booth we sat down and had like a five to ten minute conversation about everything they experienced at comic con and it's sort of a, a um like a salad bar of Geekscape at Comic-Con experiences. We have all sorts of cool guests coming through, and uh, you get to experience Comic-Con through their eyes in our own. Um, so go check those out. We also have some fun episodes just with uh, different specials. Oh, the panel that we did at Comic-Con on Lost in Sp- Space and Netflix, that, that was uh, the Netflix Lost in Space. That's up on the feed, too. You might want to check that out. There's tons of stuff on that feed, and not just the Geekscape feed. But we now have about 26, 27 shows across the Geekscape network. We're adding shows almost every week, definitely every month. And there's a lot of variety on there. So go to whatever podcatchers uh, you uh, get your pods on, search for Geekscape, and be like, hmm, maybe I'll listen to some horror movies. Maybe I like that Katie girl. She has a podcast on here called Black and White. Maybe I want to subscribe to that. There's all sorts of cool stuff. If it's Geekscape, chances are it's geeky. Chances are it's good, so chances are you should be listening to it. But right now, we've got a job to do, and that is do the main show. The, 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 I don't want to call it the main show. The flagship show, the one that started it all, and let's go. Let's start it up.
All right, Geekscapists, let's get this thing going. Um, tons of news have happened since Comic-Con. It's been hitting us pretty uh, big. I think the main news, the one that's really worth talking about uh, right off the bat, is this whole Warner Brothers Discovery acquisition. Uh, we knew something was going to happen when uh, AT&T uh, divested themselves of Warner Brothers. Uh, Warner Brothers supposedly is like $50 billion dollars in debt and uh, they're missing their mark every quarter, but so is some of the offerings from uh, Disney as well. It seems like this whole pivot to streaming is uh, is posing a bit of a challenge for a lot of the old guard as far as uh, you know Hollywood studios go. Netflix and, so, and Amazon and some of these other entities are, you know, they were born in this world of the internet and streaming. But some of the old studios like Warner Brothers and Disney, some of these more traditional studios, Paramount, uh, they're trying to learn that game. They're trying to get into it and it, they're taking a lot of water to learn it. Uh, and they're trying to figure out like what to keep and what not to keep. So uh, I think the big news is that uh, the first fatalities over at Warner Brothers are this Batgirl film that was done shooting and going into editing and there was a scooby-doo animated one that paul dini was involved in uh that also was a fatality uh th those were supposed to come out in the holidays and that's not going to happen supposedly we're never going to see those um they were part of a tax write-off they were also part of um the old regime's uh initiatives and uh the the, the I just uh, hit one button and I was out of the studio. Uh, the uh, new president over there, um, uh, Zasla, Zasla, this is going to be a tough one for me to pronounce, but Zaslov, um, that's his last name, uh, David Zaslov. Uh, he's been kind of tasked with getting them out of the um, financial doldrums over there at Warner Brothers and clearing a path for success. So, um, Let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about what's going on over at Warner Brothers. First up, I got Katie here, uh, and as Dustin says, I legit thought you got bought up by Warner Brothers and then just got canned right then in that moment. <laughs> Warner Brothers showed me. Uh, Facebook user says, did, "Did Discovery hire Incel Bot to take down your show?" No, I could take down the show all on my. <laughs> they, don't, they don't need to hire anybody to take down Geekscape. It's just a slow burn to, to the downward spiral already. Uh, let's see. Facebook user also says the Batgirl film allegedly had a good, as good a test score as Black Adam. We're going to see Black Adam in October and we'll see what that's like. But um, let's see. Uh, the Facebook user also says, let's go. Eager to talk about how hard Discovery Plus sucks. <laughs> how oh, hard wow. and how hard Sandman rolls. We'll be talking about that. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm very interested because, you know, the HBO Max and everything, you know, with whatever. I'm, I'm, concerned at how many like hbo i went from hbo now to hbo max to like what am i gonna have to do what am i gonna have to sign up for now like I, it's interesting there, well, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to water Brothers. i heard the suggestion to actually merge it with peacock and call it max cock plus you know i'm in i'll buy okay. it okay. absolutely i read that that was a joke somebody else made so if you hate <laughs> that joke that was not my joke but i did repeat it so i'm sorry about that um <laughs> yes. Uh, as I said earlier, I, like the debt is real. It, I mean, to me, I, I, we're amazed yeah. because HBO Max was, I think it's the best streaming platform. I think it's great. It's got tons of old content, old movies. It's also got like really cool. It's got stuff. great content. 
It's yeah. got great new stuff. It's got great old stuff. It it has quite a and like of all the streaming services that have either survived or thrived during all of this. I'm actually kind of surprised by how much good things are on HBO Max. Uh, they they had a little bit of a rough going because they were trying to mimic Disney Plus, and I think that was their mistake. And they kind of did their own thing, which it sounds like they're doing that with their DCEU now. Is that they're trying to do like a ten year model for the DC Comics universe, uh, you know, cinematic universe? I I'm I'm a little wary. I'm a, like it might be a little too little too late. Uh, I don't know. Derek, <laughs> do we think? He says, "Bring back Quibi." And he's only saying that because they bribed him with food like three Comic Cons ago. That's you know he's he's that's, he's only got that's one horse mean. in the race, and that horse lasted about twenty days on the open market. I think Quibi lasted about twenty days, uh, and Derek was the majority of their subscriptions. Uh, there, I, I was legitimately filming a like a, a pilot for something when that all kind of went down. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jim Pagarnelli's in, and he says HBO Max has hacks. Primal, Harley Quinn, and a lot fucking more. Not to mention, like, one of our favorite shows of the year, Peacemaker, which supposedly oh, yeah. is safe over there. Um, That's what I heard. But the Batgirl movie, a part of you wants to and talk, think... Talk about the that, things that you have with that. You got, you've got you got Michael Keaton as Batman back. Mm -hmm. you got Brendan Fraser, who the internet loves and needs a comeback for. Like and Supposedly st stole the movie. Supposedly test audiences were saying that Brendan Fraser stole this movie... And it was awesome. That being said, we we were su supposedly supposed to get uh, Keaton Batman in Aquaman 2, but that role is now going to be the Batfleck, Ben Affleck version, um, which is great. Like, it's fine. We have multiple Batman. That's cool. We got the multiverse going on. The I'm, Speed Force I'm is going to run across. We get, we get all that stuff. But um, sure, great. Let Ezra Miller work because that's one thing we're asking uh, for. Is, was, okay, so the question is is this. Uh, the first steps in removing Michael Keaton's Batman. Like, what happens if Bat if Batgirl comes out? It's a success. Everybody loves Michael Keaton's Batman as like an elderly, like kind of mentor figure, and everybody's like, "Oh my god!" Like, I can't wait to see him again then, in Aquaman too. And then they say, "Batman I, Beyond." They then, do the Batman yeah, Beyond movie finally. What if they say we, we can't wait to see that that uh, Michael Keaton Batman in? The Flash movie. Like, is this a sign that Warner Brothers might be course correcting the Flash movie? How do you course correct a $250 million movie? If they're course correcting the Flash movie, then they don't need Ezra Miller anymore. I mean, that's the cat. I don't understand quite what this is going for. Like, I understand that they want better content, something that brings people a little bit more, but I feel like Warner Brothers unfortunately has been the edgelord of the entire like DC universe. Yeah. It's just like, let's get you to the point of like real excitement and then tank it and take it so hard, but like give you Batfleck. I'm sorry. I don't want Batfleck. Well, I want Michael Keaton. So, I mean, everybody kind of knew the secret was that they were doing this to, to meet like a tax deadline, a write-off deadline that if they could do this by August 8th, which is today, the recording of this episode that, um, this stuff kind of came off as a as a uh, off the it it came off as a tax loss for these big you know these movies. Yeah. Supposedly, Batgirl is ninety million dollars. That's quite that's quite something to shelf. Uh, Dustin Rubin, our good friend who does our '90s show, uh, no, it's an '80s show. I'm sorry, Dustin. Sorry to say that. Um, he says, as a former Discovery producer, I can tell you that CEO David Z uh, Zaslav hates scripted content because he hates unions. If he has his way, HBO will be entirely fixer-upper reruns. And I've heard that, that that HBO Max is going to go very much into the reality TV and that 
they want to bring back the HBO brand properly as a channel that you have to subscribe to to get this cool stuff that you already were getting on HBO Max. Uh, this feels like rough. a slow motion descent. Like I and you know that there's a lot of producers, there's a lot of writers, there's a lot of really profound people in the industry right now who are not looking to work with Warner Brothers after this. Like they're going to have to have writers in their clauses that say you have to make sure it at least goes through editing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or yeah. has one theatrical film release. Like I, well, I don't see people I, well, I think coming back. I think if you're a white male, you're okay over there. Well, yeah, no, you're fine. No, you're totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> you want a, you no, want a if, joker if too? If you're someone who's as successful as the directors who did Miss Marvel and did an incredible job, who, by the way, did you know, found out at his uh, wedding? Yeah. Yeah. Found out about this at his wedding. I know. Yeah, Kevin Feige supposedly. There's an email going around that Kevin Feige sent. I was like, "Hey, hope you're doing good. Congrats on the wedding. Great job on Miss Marvel. Just uh, excited to work with you all again. Which is great. We're excited to see them work again. Um, let's get in my vote. If they're going to take Ezra Miller out of the Flash, I've got a lot of casting ideas on who should replace him. And you know what? They removed Kevin Spacey from films when he got in a little bit of trouble, and they recast him, and they did the digital thing, and they reshot, and they put him back in a movie. So if you're going to do that with The Flash to remove Ezra Miller, there's, I got one name at the top of my list, a person to remove with, uh, to, to bring them in. And that's that's Derek, Derek Krenovelt. Derek, is, is that a rumor that maybe you could play The, the Flash? Uh, I mean, I'm gonna have to like work on my running a bit and my cardio, but other than that, I, I think CGI. I'm ready. I personally yeah. would love to see you as a Flash, just as is. Like, yeah, yeah, just a you're, chubby, you're, chubby Flash. I wouldn't even call you chubby, sir. <laughs> I met you at Comic Con. Yeah, you're looking, you're looking okay, Derek. Don't you worry about that. But if you have like uh, an antithesis, like if you have like a foil in this, like uh, you know, Professor Zoom, then that's gonna have to be Matt Kelly. Of the horror movie night, <laughs> Matt Kelly's got to be the villain in any fat like Flash reshoot, and obviously the person pulling the strings that like is the post credit scene and leads to further down the line of the DCEU and gets the fans like, oh my god, they're really bringing him in. They're talking about Josh Jackson, of course, of Geekscape Games. That's that's that this right here, Geekscapus. Be very clear. This right here, this is my rogues gallery. All right, <laughs> right here. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of Ezra Miller, did you guys see he got arrested again today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. On yeah. the day of the tax break, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. Just past the, the, the business day cutoff, I think, so that they can't, can't cancel the Flash this year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Supposedly, he has this house in Vermont where he was letting this uh, 25-year-old mother stay. And I'm just paraphrasing what I read. Uh, do not quote me. This should not be your news source. Geekscape should not be your news source. It should be your... Um, malformed opinion source. Uh, there were some kids like between ages one and five that were staying, you know, and this mother was like 25, and there were a lot of guns on the property, and Ezra Miller had them there. And uh, there's all sorts of bad news, uh, you know. Did someone get hurt? Nobody got hurt, but they did find the one year old baby with a bullet in their mouths. Uh, it what? happens. I mean, safer sure. safer in the baby's mouth than in a gun. Yeah, you know what? That's very Canadian of you. Choking. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like, I mean, come on. You're going to cancel Batgirl and that's going to go? Come on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, they're just raiding all sorts of houses. Mar-a-Lago got raided by the FBI and the federal, you know, so that's good. Maybe, you know, they didn't find a bullet in Trump's mouth. Or did they? I don't know. They haven't released it. But... No, just... 
a McRib. Yeah, the Ezra Miller news is it's just like how much more bad news has to happen before they finally say, oh, yeah, well, you got the yeah. number for that Derek Cranavelt kid in Canada because we need to pivot. We need to figure something else out. I mean, you the know, worst thing you could do is be a Latino woman, apparently. <laughs> if, the, if the Flash well was a Latino woman, this movie would already be shelved and recast. <laughs> it, I you're not wrong. <laughs> it, I mean, no. I mean, and then, you know, you still got that Joker movie. And then today, uh, there was another green light over at HBO Max that was uh, white creators, white dude creators coming out and doing it. I, uh, Ian sent it to me, and I can look it up. But really, I just don't care at this point uh i'm ticked i mean we have james franco you know being cast as latino characters and they're like what it's portuguese what what's the big deal <laughs> he's uh portuguese is portuguese is european i just want to it's not that's not latin america no it's, <laughs> it's different it's not even hispanic because they speak portuguese Jeez, and it's a very different language. Not the same. You all know the difference between like if when somebody's a Hispanic and when somebody's a Latino, right? Well, I mean, we know this. Well, uh, okay, so Portuguese is like from Portugal is uh, not Hispanic or Latino, but Mm -hmm. a Brazilian who speaks Portuguese is Latino but not Hispanic. Like Hispanic is, is is you speak Spanish, right? Latino is you're from Latin America. So that's it. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. That's how you know. That's how, that's how uh, that works. So there's a lot of Latinos who are looking at the James Franco casting and being like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. There's an actual Latino and maybe whoever cast him was like, but Portuguese kind of. It reminds me of that scene in Signs where there's that found footage video that's supposed to be from Brazil. But all the people in the found footage are speaking Spanish. And they're like, está detrás, está detrás, which is he is behind it's behind in Spanish. And I'm sitting here going, why are they speaking Spanish in <laughs> Brazil? Oh, it's because everybody making this movie was like, I, I was I don't busy know, being 10 and, and, uh, and scared at that scene. Too, <laughs> to that. Yeah, Derek was 10. He's like, I don't know. That sounds like, <laughs> sounds like Portuguese to me. They, what, they speak Portuguese in Brazil? What's going on here? That was, and then that... a week later, they used the same actors to play Arabic. We know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Hollywood still got that that problem. Uh, HBO Max I got a huge problem with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Marissa Pona is up in the. Uh, she's up on Facebook saying they screw Latino actors and actresses all the time. She went as far as to say "fuck break" though in that casting choice. Yeah, you know what? And you're right. And you should you should be saying that because we should have I, we have a plethora of amazing Latino actors and Portuguese actors. Like it just it, it's it's amazing to me that Warner Brothers continues to do these kinds of things or just Hollywood in general. Yeah. I mean, not just Warner yeah. Brothers. He was he was cast as uh, as Castro, which is not. No. Oh, yeah. what? He was oh, no. Castro's Cuban, <laughs> like Fidel Castro. It's bad. It's bad. It's like they got the t- they got the dude from Pineapple Express to play. It's almost like they figured we're gonna get enough heat for casting him to begin with, so we might as well just go all in. We might as well it. just go all in. Yeah, it's bad. It's not good. We. Uh, that being said, I will tell you one of the things I was working on it. Comic-Con is to try and get a Spanish language podcast on the network and we'll see what we'll see how that goes. We have a couple people I've been talking to who are in podcasting or getting into podcasting uh, and they're maybe we'd love to you know why I want to add them to the network not just because I think that it's important to to bring uh, a Spanish language podcast 
I mean, we make 30% of the population here in the United States. Like, but that's how much we make up. So uh, I want to bring uh, Spanish language podcasts onto the network, but also I just want to see Matt Kelly deal with it. <laughs> like, I just, I just want to see the emails. Like, the, the emails Matt Kelly sends out to the actual like English speaking podcasters is kind of rough English, and I want to see what he does in Spanish. Matt, how do you defend yourself? Matt, Matt's oh, muted. Matt, did you mute yourself? Everybody, I want to take this time, this uh, pause in Matt's podcasting uh... to say, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com where Matt can <laughs> help you with your podcasting. Um, Matt is not muted in the backup audio. So if he's yelling at <laughs> the geeks gave us who are listening oh, no. to this on the audio backup, or they're going to be like, oh, I can hear Matt fine. But on the live stream, Matt is having some issues let's just have him rejoin us um continue uh, okay we've talked enough about the bad girl thing i want to i want to see the movie and here's here's what do you think you will <laughs> let me think okay the movie's done it just needs to be edited that's what I heard. I, I mean, but that, that, was that doesn't post, yeah. account for social. That doesn't count for special effects. That doesn't account for. They're still going to spend money on this movie putting reshoots. It out. Yeah, and here's I the thought thing. the deal with I thought the deal with this tax write off thing is that they could never release it. Like, could, it, yeah, that's a, that's what I heard too. Yeah, I think like that's the because issue. it's basically scrapping a project mm-hmm. because you had a merger and they could get it under the deadline because it was during the time of the merger. So I don't think it will be edited because you'll need the special effects to go in there. And the special effects groups out in Hollywood are also having a big right, especially with, you know, working with Marvel and DC and all the ex- insane things that they're expected to do for so very little money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then as we get more and more dependent on like special effects, they continue to bid against each other and bid themselves further and further down. Um, it's, it's hard. I mean, this is, I mean, honestly with this Warner Brothers thing, I, I sent an email today to friends in the industry and i said hey guys like what are we doing is this are we like on the brink of a collapse here with entertainment like, it's really hard unless you're marvel or disney to like make a project that is sustainable at this point or profitable uh matt are you back let's just check real quick. I, yeah, matt, I don't know i changed out all my microphone stuff and now I'm, I'm recording sound, in the board as well for you so you sound good buddy you sound fine. you sound fun <laughs> well i think um, screwed up i don't know what happened but all right okay <laughs> thank you for making our jobs harder here at hey DC. you know that's right. what i do i roll in and i ruin everything i've had a, a day of ruinousness so. oh <laughs> matt, matt. matt we'll, are you what's been going on with you? Are... So so I agreed to do this thing, which I'm I'm glad that I'm doing it. It's an interesting experience uh, where because you, you don't agree to do enough things. Yeah, you don't have enough I, on your plate. I agreed to teach two 45 minute classes at a juvenile detention center for a week as like a guest speaker teaching about how to do a podcast. Um, and I showed up today. I had my my whole game plan for my 45 minute class. And I wasn't really connecting with the class, but I was like, all right, you know, like I'm, I'm shaking off the rust, but maybe I'll have better luck with the second class. Uh, and then that's at that point, at the end of the 45 minutes, as I finished my entire plan for the day was when I found out, oh, we forgot to tell you there isn't a second class. We had to combine them both. So they're coming back in <laughs> 30 minutes for, after their lunch for the second half of their class today. But you've already um, covered everything you intended to cover. I covered everything that I intended to cover. In the first session. Wow. So I had 30 minutes to figure out what the next 45 minutes of that class was going to look like. 
and talk about improv. <laughs> Did you just talk about horror movies? No, uh, I figured Scott. out. I figured out that they liked Nickelodeon. Well, I had to. So I now their podcast that they're going to do. Uh, they're very into rap music. Uh, they they're all mm-hmm. wannabe rappers. Um, so we're going okay. to do a rap podcast where uh, they, as a class, picked a beat that they like. Uh, so we were going through different beats until they picked a beat that they like. And then tomorrow, each one of them will get to rap a verse over the beat. And then the rest of the class will critique the verse and give them pointers and notes for the first half of the class. And then the second half of the class is I'm going to play them three different rap songs from different eras and have them critique those songs as well to get them more comfortable with critiquing lyrics, not face to face with the person so that hopefully the by Friday, when we record the fourth and final episode, they are way more open to like talk about that stuff openly with each other. How old are these kids? Uh, 14 to 18. Okay. Okay. And this is like, you're going to like a local high school or something. No, this is like a legit juvenile detention center, like a barbed wire and everything around the building. Okay. Um, When you walk in now, let me ask you this. When you walk in, I'm guessing there's like a bit of security you coming. Yeah. I got to go through like three security checkpoints. Yeah. Is there Coolio music playing in the background? No, not yet. (laughs) I might ask for that. I was just going to ask Matthew Kelly, what three rap songs are you bringing to these children? Well, I was just thinking that that you were like, what was that Michelle Pfeiffer movie where you like? Well, that's what I was going to say. I turn around. They knew that I was serious because I turned the chair around backwards and sat down. (laughs) (laughs) Let me level you. That's how they (laughs) know. No, but uh, so for tomorrow. Um, the 90s song that I went with is uh, Far Side Drop um, because they wanted to look at music videos too. And I was like, well, that's a really cool music video because that's the one that Spike Jones shot entirely backwards and then reversed. So I think that they'll be kind of impressed by the visuals. I wanted to give them a song that there was absolutely zero chance that they had heard. So they are going to be listening to a Mega Ran song, uh, Mega Ran Infinite Lives. And then um, I heard from another teacher that they really like uh, a new rapper named Little Dirk. So I'm going to throw a Little Dirk song in there as well. Um, finding a clean version that didn't sound insane when it was <laughs> it was a little bit difficult. But I'm also hoping that if I can drop that in there, they'll be like, oh, OK, he knows who Little Dirk is. He must be all right. So I'm starting with Little Dirk to kind of buy them in on the next two songs. And Matt, I'm guessing that these kids are aspiring like uh, rappers, DJs, MCs themselves, right? I mean, that's part of it. I don't know. It was there's like parts of it that are like it is upsetting at times. Like so one of the conversation pieces we're talking about was I talked about how like podcasting and finding people who shared the same interests and as I did was like a thing that really pulled me out of my dark places and Take I was like, and yeah, and I and I was like, sure. who do you guys I like what is what is something that when you saw it, you felt like that's what I want to be. And like the first kid was like Scarface, man. When I saw that movie Scarface, that was like what I was aiming for. And I was like, that is really upsetting. Did he, did he see you the end really? of the movie? That's what I said. I was like, I was like, doesn't he oh, die Matt. at the end of that? And they were like, yeah. well, Matt's that won't be me. <laughs> Do you think you could show them some like footage of uh, like Shane O'Hare to like scare them straight? <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. This is what you yeah. can make. Now, I uh, <laughs> there. I will tell you the one part where I was proud of myself. Anyway, I can't. None of the kids said like what really influenced me was uh, late '90s ska. No, shockingly, shockingly, that didn't do it. No, nobody was like, oh, the second I watched Rocco's Modern Life, I knew that 
relating to these kids man so here was this was the one time where i was like thank god i have such a stupid brain filled with pop culture knowledge oh don't because because they were the kid was like the one kid was like clearly making a joke right and he was like well, the three people, the three people that I really connected to that I really saw myself in was uh, Bumblebee from Transformers, all of the Power Rangers and uh, Shrek and like the whole class left. And I was like, well, I mean, we could break that down a little bit. I mean, Bumblebee couldn't verbalize his emotions, but he spoke through music and like Power Rangers was a group of outcast kids who were able to come together as one unit and Shrek had a beautiful heart filled with feelings, but no one would give him a chance. And like the room just kind of fell silent. And then the kid goes, I will. <laughs> Shrek, the kid. Is, Shrek is literally just a meme at this point. Like they probably haven't even seen the movie. Yeah. Like it, they don't even know it is a movie. <laughs> at, which point, yeah, exactly. at which point the kid pulls out a shiv made out of a spoon and goes, I will fucking kill you. <laughs> don't you ever, ever reveal my vulnerability again. I will haul your skull out. You calling me weak? <laughs> Matt, if if it, these are our risk kids, we are sensitive to that. If if there was a situation to break out, do you think you could go substitute on them? Like that movie, The Substitute? <laughs> no, I don't think I need to. There's at least two security guards in the room at all times. Oh, um, they'd be, okay. So they're so they're the lowest. I want to say lowest at risk. That's not the the exact phrasing, but like there's four different locations in this juvenile detention center. The place that they're at that I'm teaching with is referred to as the cottage specifically because they're allowed to leave on the weekends and go back home. Oh, okay. like they're okay. like they have to stay monday through friday so it's like but from what i understand it was a lot of like caught with weapons caught with drugs like stuff like that so it's a little bit of a scared straight program for them but the other two buildings is like straight up you are like here until you turn 18 and then we release you in until back out now. there and hope that you make better you decisions. Know. Matt, um, who do we write letters to to make you like go to like the Hannibal Lecter jail or something like that? <laughs> I'll say that while this is Katie's an in- councilwoman. Look, as, yeah. while this yeah. is an interesting experience, I think that this is a, a one and done experience. No. For me. <laughs> like, Matt. Um, oh, are you done? You could, it's like a great source for new content for the network, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. I, I mean, I'm going to finish out hey. the week, but it's. You, I, I, you could have the next dissect on your hands. Like that's, that's a great podcast that dissects all sorts of different music. So you never know. We'll see. Okay, we'll Matt, see. I mean, they could. What happens? I don't know. What happens if come Friday you're like, I'm out of here. I'm done. This is too much for me. And as you're about to leave, one of the kids like shakes. Like you announce, you're like, Hey, this this is it for me. One of the kids just goes, Just another male in my life who's turned his back on us. <laughs> well, what do, you, what do you do? You then say, Do you then have your moment where you turn around and go? You know what? In like music, you know, you start like the Coolio music starts playing, and you decide to stay. Uh, no, because I was already announced as just a one week guest. Oh, Jesus! So. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to put uh, a permanent podcasting class. In this. Okay, this they already fun. gave you thirty more minutes to do a whole new lesson <laughs> without even telling right, you. So man. you never know; you might be back next week, man. That is true. Yeah. No, but it, gonna, they'll call you on Monday and be like, "Where were you? Hey, where you at?" You? <laughs> Matt, what if you miss the kids so much you go into a life of crime to get back there? I mean, that's always mm. possible. That'd be a and weird just way to get in real jail. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I'm young exactly. at heart, is what I yell as they <laughs> Hopefully that other Matt Kelly that uh, has your social security number is like a kid, and you can use his number to get into no, that, the juvenile. That other Matt Kelly is the exact same age as I am. Dang it. Yeah, that's, that's how that whole oh. snafu happened. Mm. Yeah, okay. 
Okay, well, listen. Speaking of delinquents. Yes. Uh, I have something serious to say to anybody listening to this podcast, all three of you. Um, I'm a little concerned that people on the internet are not talking about paper girls. <laughs> what is up with you people? Are y'all just not watching paper girls? Um, is that what's happening I right here? saw Heidi post about it. I don't know what it's about. I don't know what's on. Okay, it's, it's on, on Amazon. Let me tell you what it's on. <laughs> Derek, Derek, <laughs> it's take a- it. It's a program that, that was fed, my, you took my moment. You took my moment. It's I'm on sorry, a network Derek. that fed Derek many yeah, a time. Video. I'm actually I'm busy. I'm wearing my paper <laughs> girls uh, paper girls paper bag right now. Thank you. Nice. To, uh, you know I deliver my newspapers in it for extra income. Um, yeah, it's on Prime Video. It's based on a uh, mid like I think it was like a 2015 comic book uh, by Brian K. Vaughn and uh, Cliff Chang. I think is how you pronounce the last name. Um, yeah, it's about a a handful of uh it's set in like the mid 80s i believe um handful of uh paper girls uh go to deliver papers on hell day which is the day after halloween um and some crazy shit starts happening and there's time travel involved and uh it's you know it kind of like deals with like death in an interesting way and and the morality of the characters uh, mortality of the characters rather and and all that sort of stuff um yeah, I, I was lucky enough to see the first three episodes at Comic-Con, which was, uh, you know, bef- a week, two weeks before it came out. Um, and I, I was super into it right away. So I haven't finished the series yet because Michaela wants to watch it with me. And and our time has been uh, uh, not we, we haven't had too much time to watch things together. So it's been very hard not to just watch it without her. But uh, it's been I, I, I was into it right away. I think that. I don't know, I think that the first episode could potentially turn people off because it's very like fast and furious right away and it's very like what the hell is going on and and Ooh. i think that that's just that's how the characters are feeling as well and that that kind of the show kind of envelops that also um and i think i like my favorite of the first three episodes was episode three when things kind of start to slow down um and you get to actually like you start to actually get a sense for how the characters are feeling and how they're dealing with this stuff and and um yeah i i I can't wait to watch more of it though i the book the book is really good the book's a blast um and yeah i i I hope enough people watch it that they can that the show can continue but um but we'll see and does anyone else get you you got you've watched some of it then jonathan uh we're almost done with it so um uh we're 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 big fans here in the london household Uh, (laughs) and i gotta tell says Life is Strange, the show. That's incorrect, uh, but no. thank you. Well, it, it, Shane, <laughs> uh, Shane is in the comments, and I'm not putting those on screen because, uh, well, it, uninformed opinions. You know, we have enough of those on this show. Uh, but the thing is, uh, the, the first two episodes are pretty close to the comic. And then, yes, like, they are. And then yeah. episode three, and the comic's great. It is, as Derek said, it's four girls on Halloween night in 1986, and they don't know it, but... Uh, they're about to become. They're about to be at the center of a like a time war between two generations from the future who are coming into 1986 for various reasons we won't know yet, uh, and they're t- jumping through time trying to uh, correct the timeline. And these girls are kind of in the middle of it, and they get swept up in it. And you see them very quickly go to other times, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. They're very much not equipped like uh, for any of this. And like Derek said, the first episode is pretty disorienting, but it, it does put you in the, the shoes of the characters. Episode two, you do start to realize, oh, okay, they're, they're, they're time jumping now. And they're starting to catch up. Episode three, what it does that's different than the comic is you start to expand from what the comic is because mm-hmm. the first two 
really stick to the comic almost strictly. And then when it starts to expand in episode three and then episode four and episode five goes even further with it, uh, you start bringing in future versions of the girls. You start bringing in uh, alternate reality. I mean, it's like alternate possible future versions of the girls. And uh, like you said, it's a lot. It has a lot to do with mortality and whether or not you, uh, when you grew up, whether or not you met your potential. Whether you know who who did you end up becoming the person you wanted to be when you were fourteen, as these mm-hmm. girls are. And the moments are great. The moments where they realize the surprises or the disappointments of who they end up being. Totally, and, yeah. And then they get back to the plot of saying, you know what, is this set in stone or is this something we can change? And that's ultimately the the goal of the war is a younger generation battling an older generation to change the future from becoming something that is uh, sort of uh, just run by an older generation. Strict, you know, it's like a kind well, of a the, like the older generation doesn't want anything to change, right? I think, exactly. right? Which you know, obviously feels very parallel to things happening in the real world. And uh, I, I don't know, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's it's really quite a it's been quite fascinating so far. Do you get major, Jonathan? Do you get major? Edward Furlong in Terminator 2 vibes from <laughs> Mac. Mac. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what? I didn't think about that until you said it. The haircut for sure. And yeah. there's a lot of bike riding in this, ep- in, this <laughs> in this show. Um you're you've only seen the first three episodes. Just um, so just one of the storylines yeah. that's expanded pretty a lot from the comics is Mac's storyline. Awesome. Yeah. And that's what's kept me from making that parallel. Max storyline. Sure, yeah. It's already something that kind of gets you in the gut in the comics. That's fair. And it early gets, on. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil anything, but in the but in this story, in the in the TV show, it goes several steps further. Yeah. The, I, I would say maybe that comments more towards the first couple of episodes because it changes a lot, I think, even in the third episode for her. But the first couple of episodes, just her like attitude and her like fuck yeah, everything. No, like, it, it, very like yeah, you find yeah. out very quickly why, yes. why why she's so angry, and and they all have their own secrets. Uh, Geekscape, if you're into like '80s stuff, the retro stuff, if you're into Stranger Things, if you're into sci-fi, if you're into um, awesome female characters, you got to watch the show. Is it at risk for cancellation? I got to tell you, um, I don't think it is because the showrunner on the show is also one of the consulting producers on Amazon's biggest investment to date, The mm, Lord of the okay. Rings: Rings of Power. Yeah. And she's also in business on this series. It's a Plan B production. That's Brad Pitt's company, and it was ordered straight to series, 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 not season, series. <laughs> right. All right. Like yeah. the, the, I think I think that I think they're in it to win it on this one. So uh, the, the thing about Paper yeah. Girls that crossed into my world was the weirdness uh, with the Weird Al factor of it all of you heard <laughs> yes, about this yes, where yeah. the second episode is called Weird Al is Dead because one of the girls realizes that now that they're in the future her pet hamster Weird Al is dead and she but says it out loud but mm. the other thing is that Why the Last Man also had an episode called Weird Al is Dead That's right. and Brian like, Weird Al posted on Instagram saying why does Brian K. Vaughn want me dead so badly <laughs> and then Brian K. Vaughn <laughs> chimed in and was like as the creator of the show, I got all the scripts sent to me in advance, and I thought it was so funny that both shows somehow came up with the name Weird Al is Dead for an episode. I decided to say nothing to see if it would actually get released that way. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, uh, there's another show that hit streaming this weekend, uh, and Katie watched it, as did in the comments. We'll bring some of those comments up on screen uh, because he is 
spazzing hard. Uh, we love him, actually. Uh, our good friend Jim Pagranelli, who is the biggest Sandman fan I know, he read these uh, comics in their original run there in the 90s. Uh, the Sandman is finally out, like which is crazy because Hollywood's been trying to make the Sandman for <laughs> and it's so twenty good. plus years. It's, it's so, so good. good, and you you want to know why? Because it's freaking Neil Gaiman, and because he's actually he involved should, with it. Yes, he's <laughs> actually involved with it. So, I mean, look, I don't know about anybody else, but for me, when I read this as a kid, I was so batshit confused. I was like, there's <laughs> too many things going on. I was like the like parables and like the allegories and things like that. I was just like, wait, is this an allegory? Is this a real thing? This I was like, so I, like watching this, like there are hints of things that I'm like, oh, right. I forgot about that storyline. And I was like, oh, and like just to see this fully fleshed out and in front of my face. And also this actor spot on exactly how yeah. i imagined this character it's great so great <laughs> so can i can i ask the same question i asked when why the last man came out no um if you <laughs> haven't read if you haven't read the sandman comics do you think you should before you watch the show should you watch the show and it would actually make the comics more clear when you do get around to reading them like what is the vibe there so I can't speak from intellect. I can only speak from the fact that I read these as a kid, was totally confused, and now I feel, like, redeemed in my knowledge. So I I personally have been loving just watching the show as is and, like, getting the, like, oh, yeah, that's right, that story came up. But not, like, that That kind of just adds to it. It doesn't inform it in my mind. But for those of you who understood the comic when you read it, what are your thoughts? <laughs> we pretend, I, I pretended to, but I have not watched the Netflix show. I mean, everybody, I mean, I think I was in middle school when this thing started up and you read it in high school because you want to be cool. Um, and, you know, ultimately uh, it, it got pretty wide pretty fast. I think they're only handling in this season. I haven't started it, but this is what people have told me that they're handling the two ma first major storylines. Uh, but I'm going to throw it to Jim in the comments because he says, so as someone who read a lot of the original run back in the 90s, this adaptation of Sandman is hitting so many of the right notes, including so many of the series best moments. I love it so much. And the casting is pitch perfect. John Cameron Mitchell is perfect. And the Corinthian yes. is full on David Bowie. Also, <laughs> oh, anyone insane. complaining that the Sandman is woke Holy fuck, this book had queer and non-binary char binary characters over 30 years ago. And that is true. It did. Yeah. It did. And that was one of the things I think that confused the hell out of me to begin with in the original run. And just like growing older and becoming a little bit more progressive as I grow older um, has been really nice to just see this fully fleshed out and realize through Neil Gaiman actually writing the screenplays and like doing it right. such justice and service. I I love um Michaela and I've watched like the first four episodes, I think. I've loved how because she she read sorry, she she got into it uh when Audible did the audiobook version a few years back. Um mm. and like really, really enjoyed it. And she's like a huge Neil Gaiman fan. Like I introduced her to him randomly. I, I was at a bookstore and and um while she was like in an appointment or something and and was read the back of like the ocean at the end of the lane and i was like that sounds like michaela would love this gave it to her she's read like every book he's written almost now since then um and so she was so excited for this to come out and it's so like i don't know she's i i haven't read it which it's like been on my list to read since i was like a child and and uh have not and so now i'm just watching the series but asking her like how close it is and stuff and she's like doesn't want to say too much but she's loving it but i just love visually even how like 
I don't know, like like things are like skewed weirdly and, and uh, the like frames will be like stretched out. And it just like, I, I feel like it, I've seen people complaining about it, but I just feel like it adds to this whole like dreamy aspect of the whole thing or the surreal aspect of the whole thing. I do wonder this Halloween, are we going to see more, uh, more dreams or more uh, Eddie <laughs> uh, yeah. going on? Because had this dropped a few months ago before Comic-Con, I, I, I wonder if the landscape would have looked a bit different. Also, major Edward Cullen vibes from from him, but I guess he did it first. So it's true. Yeah, no, totally. But he's got the voice to back it. Oh, up. the like, voice is amazing. Good yeah. lord, his voice is so deep. My my pants just like fell off. Okay. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> me too. We'll watch yeah, it. Me We're too. just trying to save paper, girls. First, um, I have a question for Josh because Josh hasn't said anything quite yet, but uh, he, he, you know, he's he's always welcome here on Geekscape. We love him, and he was at Comic Con with us. Uh, and this is really for all of y'all, but I want Josh to answer first. Were were the, what were the cosplays that were excessive here at Comic Con, and uh, were there any that we were disappointed in not seeing? I thought that we would see who was uh, Peacemaker's buddy, um, the 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 little violent dude who would run around. Yeah. Oh, Judo Master? Judo? No, not Judo Master. No, the, um... the, the neighbor, the the, the the dude who was like psychotic. Oh my goodness! God. Why am I thinking feel, of his real feel, name, Adrian? Feel, feel free to Google, but, but I thought we'd see a lot more patriot themed yeah, yeah, cosplay yeah. at Comic Con. Uh, the the vigilante. Thanks, Jim Pogrelli. Uh The vigilante. Um, what cosplays did you expect to see more of? Question for Josh. And what did you think were too many? Because I thought there was a pretty good balance this year. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people after so long away. We're just trying to get in the cosplays that they wanted to do all that for all that time and couldn't. So I can't even really say that I saw too much of anything. I saw a pretty even balance. Like there was a lot, a lot of, Eddie's. of like, but that's just was the there team. a lot of Eddies or just a lot of people wearing Hellfire Club mm. shirts? Yeah, well there, there were. were a I lot saw of people... at least three Eddies. Yeah, like female Eddies, male Eddies. We like, could have said to see. Like, we we could have said to everything. see one more, but that would have been Derek mm. if he'd actually successfully gotten a shirt. Mm. Yeah, and that's a pretty easy costume though. You just like throw on the throw on the shirt. If you already have long hair, you're good. Not for not for me. I tried all week. We tried to get Derek. Netflix was like two rows over. We tried to get Derek to steal one. We tried to get Derek to just ask for one. As we were wrapping up, and they said they didn't have any more. And And Derek tried to pose me to get get one. Okay, so what happened was uh, as we're wrapping the booth and the, the floor is closed, we're wrapping the booth. The Netflix team is all celebrating the the and derek is like okay i'm gonna go over there and see if i can get a shirt every for 10 minutes i look over there and derek's just silently watching them have party. <laughs> and i was like i was like no derek come on man we gotta wrap this booth up you walk over there you this is what you do derek and matt's gonna matt can tell you how to do this because he's been working in, in a prison uh find the biggest find the biggest person at that booth go over and just suck him in the nose and greg get your t-shirt all right if you use him as an example all right. I will say, I Mark had Matt over to Matt. the Netflix booth, and like we were just in front of it, and they're like, they did, they did a full on stormtrooper, like move along, move along, like oh. unless you're like inside the. I was like, oh, but we're literally just looking at the products that you have, and they're like, no, move That's along. Terrible. <laughs> wow. As opposed to the Geekscape booth, we're like, please talk to us, please. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my, God. oh my God! Like please. you want a free shirt? Oh move inside please. the booth. Yeah, you, right, do, yeah. do you know magic tricks? Do you know? Can you do anything? Please entertain us. <laughs> Matt no, Kelly's one. One cosplay that really stood out, though, was there was this uh, Wanda from Multiverse of Madness who had the who had her book like on strings, and she was oh. like flipping the page of the string so it looked oh, like neat. it was floating. That's that really awesome. cool. Okay, mm. okay. I feel like there was a lot of 
so with the cosplay stuff, I feel like they were either all very much outside or just had no desire to walk down our aisle. Because <laughs> when I eventually started looking at cosplayers for San Diego Comic-Con, which was like, look, it's tough to find specific people at San Diego Comic-Con. But compared to past years, this was a very under-attended Comic-Con that I'm like, how did I not see 95% of these people <laughs> during the five days that I was locked in one spot? There were was, the numbers there was low? One group of, I think the, number, I think the I, numbers. I, were I will say, I mean, it was sold. It was sold out. It was sold, out, was, but it was sold out. But I don't. I don't think the the stuff that was going on outside was quite as busy as it's mm. been in years. Yeah. Because there's even also a lot on less Saturday. Of yeah. Yes. There there's a lot less of it. it. Yeah. Um, the experiences weren't you know all that long. You know, for COVID protocols yeah. and things like that. I just think I will say that the two that really stood out for me were there was a everything everywhere all at once family that had raccoons on their oh, heads really? and eyeballs. Raccoon. They came by the booth. I saw them. Yeah, it was amazing. And then the other one that we saw was the guy dressed as Jon Snow who would take his sword and when the light would change, he would go out into the middle where everybody would cross and he'd just stand. Love as it. everybody crouched in on it. <laughs> That's amazing. Cool. And we have some of those up on the Geekscape Forever Instagram. Yeah, we're going to be posting up. one cosplayer every Thursday until I'm out of the photos that we took. So, <laughs> well, Geekscape is, uh, I think, Long Beach Comic As far as I'm concerned, Long Beach Comic Con's early September. So I'm going to try and go there down there as press. And then we also have uh, Katie and I. Maybe, Katie, if you want to come to Long Beach with me, make a day of it. We can go down to Long Beach Comic Con and it's early September. Fun. And then early December, we're back at uh, at LA Comic Con. I'm supposed to talk to the CEO of LA Comic Con and see what we can do as far as panels and just collaborating. Obviously, Josh, you're local. You can collaborate on that too. Um, that'd be fun. If you want to come to Long Beach or you want to do LA Comic Con and that stuff, Josh, I know you're busy. And you've also got Evo that just happened. So you've been a lot of video game stuff going yeah. on. And I, got, I don't know um, how much of the comic cons you actually want to be involved with. No, no, as many as I can get to. Long Beach, maybe not, but <laughs> the LA for sure. Look Long, Beach. Long Beach is yeah. good for like a day ish yeah. walk around. No mm -hmm. offense, Long Beach, but. Well, I got, I think I'm going to New York Comic Con for at least a day. So I'll try to get some good cosplay photos from that. It's the week before a wedding that I have to go to, though. So it's kind of up in the air on if I'll make that. You do not have to go to that. You do not have to go. I'm, yes, he does. He has to go to Porto's. Yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then I also, uh, I mean, this hasn't officially been announced, but it's there's I would say there's a 95 percent chance that your boy might be moderating a hocus pocus reunion panel <laughs> at the end of the month. I love that. Are you kidding me oh right now? I love that. And, and then, Kelly, are you kidding me I'm, right now? I'm, I'm Michaela loves serious. hocus pocus so much. I'm, but Matt, I'm that's supposed not... to be moderating that, and I'm supposed to be moderating a Q and A with a uh, Taylor Labine who I like absolutely fucking yes. love from Reaper and. <laughs> All that and, and from from uh, what, what's the really fun one that they did uh, with the two redneck guys? Oh, Tucker uh, and Dale versus Tucker and Evil. Dale. Oh yeah, yeah. Taylor Levine's hilarious. Yeah, um, I was, as soon as he was announced, I emailed the guy who does the show because it's a friend of mine. I was like, "Look, if you want me helping out with this show, I need these two <laughs> panels." <laughs> you listen like, here. I love like, I love it when Matt Kelly like drives a hard bargain. Now you listen to me. <laughs> I've got a hand. You truck. listen here. I'm gonna Detention put hand centers anywhere. Yeah. You need oh, Matt was so Andrew. valuable. Matt was so valuable, <laughs> and so was Derek. Go back, Geekscape, if you're just listening to this on audio or video. Go back and listen to those episodes that we did at Comic Con, because man, uh, that was a <laughs> tough Comic Con. I had I had Matt Kelly and Derek helping me, and that was it. And uh, when we pulled up to that convention center, and they weren't going to let us park underneath <laughs> it, and they wanted us to deal with the Teamsters. My, I was like, oh, please don't make us do this. I, I had this vision that we were going to be trucking the booth over from like three blocks away in traffic for the gas lamp, trying to set up our booth. And we pulled up to the back. 
Josh and this team sort of looked at us like, do you want to, you know, he came over in a forklift. Like he was ready to empty our trailer with well, a forklift and charge us like 150 bucks to carry well, his it. First, his first oh, question God. was, John got the tiniest U-Haul attachment that you could possibly imagine. And he goes, yeah. how many pallets you got? <laughs> it's like, go, there's <laughs> pallets. We're going to move this stuff in with a hand truck. And the guy goes, hand truck? <laughs> we, we weren't even worth his we weren't worth his time he, he luckily drove away labes we we snuck the stuff in easily and uh and that was that man what a pain in the ass comic con this was we're going to be doing things a little bit differently next year but we already paid for it so we'll yeah. be there yeah that's almost not... the beginning and the end of the of the convention this year yeah hand truck <laughs> yeah well and then truck. we also got I also like the guy that we talked to, the head of the Teamsters, who said, go over there, and if anyone gives you any trouble, tell them Frank sent you. And then we quickly found out that Frank's name meant very little to the jury. <laughs> 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 yeah, and Edison's like, well, oh. then go talk to Frank. And was like, oh, Frank, we hate that hate guy. Him. Get yeah. out of here. Yeah. There were these beautiful double doors that were open on the same level we were on. You could like see our you booth from see there, basically. the space yeah. where the booth was, and we were like, yep. we just need to take this thing 20 feet. Right he's there. Like, Ain't coming through here. Well, Frank and you're sent like, us. Who's Frank? Frank? <laughs> <laughs> they sent us down the circuitous path down back into the belly of the thing, into the parking yeah, structure, we... <laughs> across the whole... I mean, what a pain in the ass. We could have gone 20 <laughs> feet and been done with it. Hand truck! Matt Kelly. Who the hell is Frank? Matt, if you if you had already had your prison training skills, yeah. you could have <laughs> popped them right in the nose. And gotten Derek and or Derek uh, could have, you know. Yeah. We, got yelled, sure. we, we also got yelled at by another guy with a forklift as we were trying to go up there because he was yelling at the security guard. He's like, "You got to tell these guys to stop going up this ramp." Just yeah. as we watched another group of people go up the ramp just ahead Man. of us, so close. <laughs> All right. So, speaking of transportation, you went to see Bullet Train, uh, Katie. This is the new Brad Pitt movie, and uh, you said it was awesome. Uh, I saw you raving about it up on the Twitter. Um, I, I wanted to see it, but I didn't get a chance to shake free this uh, weekend and take a look. Uh, it looks manic, though. This bullet 80, train looks crazy. It, it's absolutely manic, but it's well designed. So I will say it feels like the first like I don't know if this was a comic book or an anime beforehand, but um, this feels like the way you should do anime live action um, because all of the different tropes, everything was very big. Everything was hilarious, like to the point where they had this running theme of Thomas, the tank engine that just worked. No spoilers, um, but that sounds amazing. I, I'm that sounds like, amazing. I like, honestly, it, it's not that big of a thing, but cool. it like is a through line. That's fucking fantastic <laughs> and all of it like the acting is amazing um i've got a buddy in it he plays one of the yakuza members he's fantastic um yeah like i tell you this movie is like no holds barred like goes um like 100 miles a minute it's it's amazing it's really funny um brad pitt i i swear this was like supposed to be a deadpool movie originally hmm. and then they just made it a brad pitt movie and he honestly doesn't even feel like the main character uh, but it's fantastic the action is super quick super good and honestly like those kinds of action that like you know no one seems to be pulling punches like sure. everything goes well choreographed fastly like quickly choreographed crazy relentless relentless it's like Absolutely an adrenaline relentless. ride from the beginning to the end sort of thing Oh, absolutely. And um, it's one of those that, like, I thought I could guess a couple of the things. A lot of the twists, 
totally caught me by surprise, which is very rare. And I, I feel like that was one of those things that was like, ah, oh, finally, a movie where I didn't predict what was happening next. <laughs> That's pretty it's awesome. It's great. Okay, so I want to yeah. watch that. One, speaking of twists and turns, and I didn't mention this before the show, a movie that I really loved that I watched this past week, uh, B.J. Novak made a movie called Vengeance. Mm. Where he plays Ooh. a podcaster and he gets a call. He's kind of like a little bit of a womanizing New Yorker dude who likes to date a lot of different girls, saves them in their phone. Sounds like BJ Novak. Yeah, well, say he, the opening scene is he and John Mayer at a party, like talking about girls and uh, and they're like saving girls' names in their phones with like nicknames and things like that. And he gets a call in the middle of the night that this girl in Texas is dead. And aren't you his, aren't you her boyfriend? And the funeral is coming in. So he goes to Texas for this funeral of a, a woman that he can barely remember. And the brother is like, I think this was a murder. I don't think my sister just OD'd. I think she was killed. And he's a podcaster looking for a story. Uh, Asa Ray is his like uh, editor, is his Matt Kelly. And she's like, hey, I'm not too into this. But then as soon as the murder thing and the Texas kind of thing starts kicking in and like the real rural like texas starts kicking in the weirdness of it they have a story and then you start he starts going down the rabbit hole of whether or not this girl was actually murdered and Ooh. the movie was sweet the movie's hilarious uh he's such an incredible writer and a really good director he directed it um that i was really blown away by it i knew it was gonna be good i knew it was gonna be at least well written sounds great but the movie's really really well done and i think it's gonna Where go can you see it? i think it's going under the, the radar right now i went to see it at the local lemley which is an indie theater so i actually think this is a movie that's going to end up being uh, uh on streamers in the next couple of months but uh don't skip it geekscapists especially if you like podcasts you're listening to a podcast right now imagine matt kelly getting in a murder mystery uh because he was just pursuing a story for a podcast might happen might actually happen um and it was great it was hilarious and fun and ashton kutcher's in it um there are a couple actors in it who are noticeable like i mentioned it's array but it's fun it's a it's a it's a good movie and i think it's getting missed right now sadly you'd love it katie it's so smart on that same yeah, note I mean... the second season of only murders in the building has been delightful thus far <laughs> oh <laughs> i want to see the first season and it's like there's there's too much oh it's great it's content. so good that sounds there's too much content. content. There's too much content. It's, there's, there's a lot of You won't have to worry about that with HBO Max for much longer. Yeah, no, oh, that's going to be really helpful. <laughs> no. Look, they're all be dead in the ground. I, as long as no I still one get my Peacock own. Peacock anyway, so that's another one you can yeah. ignore. And there's only two more episodes of the rehearsal left, also. So. Yeah, oh but my God. we there's just only two started, episodes left. We just started there's High School Musical, the musical that's yeah. series season three. So there's a lot of attention oh. that can be put on that. I love how well. Matt is yeah. like, there's too much content. He's wasting his powers. No, he and he and um, he and Josh, they love the High School Musical. Uh, yeah, they, they, I haven't watched episode two yet, but episode one is pretty great so yeah. far. <laughs> it's a great yeah. series. Josh, did you go down the same like torturous like? Uh, path that Nathan Fielder, that, path. no, no, that, that Derek and I went down and watched that Resident Evil series on Netflix. Oh, no, 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 I saw the um, I, I did this with the do- yeah. oh, <laughs> you literally were sitting with us as we were finishing the series, you knew better than to watch this thing. Yeah, but here's the I, thing <laughs> I was in a hotel room for an entire convention editing podcasts, and I said, What is something pointless that I can put on in the background while I edit podcasts? That, that seemed like the prime option. The best description <laughs> that I heard of this Netflix Resident Evil series, and this is this is for people who love uh, who know a lot about Resident Evil and and actually hate Resident Evil <laughs> because it has so much Resident Evil references, 
in it. It has so much uh, shout outs to the storylines. It is for people who are like, oh my God, this shouting out so much to Resident Evil. It definitely takes place deeply in the Resident Evil world. Holy crap, this is unwatchable. The, the only <laughs> thing I really saw. Episodes. The only thing I That's really bad. saw was the scene where she's like dancing to Dua Lipa. <laughs> Um, yeah. but that's really all that I've seen, and I feel like that's enough. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, <laughs> let me let me tell the Geekscapists. So this is what you come here for. Let me show you the good stuff. Okay, this is how you watch the Resident Evil series and make it worth your while. There is a two-minute sequence in the first episode where she fights a giant zombie caterpillar. Good. There is a giant sequence in the last episode, episode eight, where they fight a giant crocodile. That is what you watch. Turn it off. It just fast forward. That's the two things you need to watch. Giant caterpillar, giant alligator. That's it. Turn it off. That's the, your the, resume. The spider evil. was kind of cool, too. You shut up. <laughs> no, they, they get chased in like tunnels by something. And that are like, that's from the game. But eh. it got Man, real Riverdale in the middle. <laughs> oh, God. Got I got it. Oh. If you I want got an email today saying oh. that Riverdale season six is on Netflix now, yeah, and I'm, boy, I'm it just dropped. Oh, yeah, no, I'm gonna go watch back it in the fifties. Things get weird. They're in the fifties oh, now. Of course. Um, I think the fifties is the next season, isn't it? I, oh, my soul left my body when I saw that email. I'm like, <laughs> now I have to watch it, but I really don't want to. Josh, I was free. I was free for like three months. Oh, Josh, see, I had experiment. the opposite reaction. I'm house sitting for someone tomorrow, and I was like, oh, great time to put on Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to burn a house down in the Pennsylvania, in Pennsylvania, but in Del- like close to Delaware, just go to whatever house Matt's house sitting and burn it down. He's not watching it. Just like if you want to go to a convention and not see Matt Kelly at all because he's busy watching garbage in a and uh, editing podcasts in a hotel room, just go to whatever part, like he he whatever. What are you doing, Matt? I don't know this, if burning the house. A lot of content. But you're watching the worst. <laughs> no, I'm watching the worst in situations where I don't have to give my full attention, and in situations where I do have to give my full attention, I make sure that I am finished my editing work and I reward myself with something like an. Are you still taking of care of dogs? Uh, not as often. <laughs> okay, because I was gonna say, like, if, if you're looking for to adopt a dog and through theft, Matt Kelly, he walks these dogs, and you know he's just like on his phone, watching Resident well, no, Evil episodes. Dog walking is podcast time. Swoop in, swoop in, grab the Pomeranian, get back in the van. You'll be out of there in no time before Matt even notices. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Parker now he puts a capper on it by saying Resident Evil is a waste of a perfectly good aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, Katie, you had a great segue going. We're just going to kick back to it as if it actually worked. <laughs> she said, if you like creepy, like, Jordan Peele has a new movie out. We're talking oh, about I didn't even hear her say that. I'm sorry. I talked to her. It's okay. It. No, it's fine. No, it's listen. fine. Um, right. I think you even said it better than I did. But yes, uh, Jordan Peele does have a great new movie out called Nope. Uh, it was. I, I have to say, and I don't know whether this is a good or bad thing, but I felt the same way about this movie as I did when I watched Us. Mm. In that I was like, that was interesting. I feel like I didn't fully understand all of it. I'm excited to read some articles <laughs> afterwards yes, yeah. and like learn what I just watched. So <laughs> I, I, I walked away from it thinking that it's probably my least favorite of his three movies, but I also think it's the one I'm going to watch the most. Because like it's very like there's still a lot it's of intense. There's a lot of heavy allegory, but I feel like it's way more popcorny than us and get up mm, and get out is. Yeah. Like get out and us, you like really put yourself through some shit to watch. Where yes. like this is like total Steven Spielberg throwback movie. It's close encounters, it's jaws, it's like all of that. 
but with mm-hmm. like some pretty fucked up heavy scenes that are mixed in there. Fascinatingly really unique stuff in this yeah. movie. Steve, and it was yeah. Steve Ewan's whole everything character. Everything I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God. Um, on top of everything else that was going on, uh Kiki Palmer is just bar none amazing and uh david kaluuya is just fantastic um but man does he know how to do everything in silences like (laughs) if you want to talk about like an actor like that doesn't have that many lines because that's just kind of how his character is that dude is phenomenal to watch like then engage uh dylan from christmas 365 said this to me the other day and i i thought he made a really great point but he was like the greatest gift that jordan peele has as a director is that he is such a deep horror fan that he will be making a film that's an homage to one genre and then totally pull imagery from a completely separate genre to blend it so like in the least spoilery way, this is obviously some type of science fiction alien thing from the pictures, but still uses like a lot of like haunted house imagery in certain scenes oh. of of the movie, which I, is like a really totally. cool juxtaposition. I will say there was one moment during like that you're I think you're specifically talking about yeah. that I was like the horror movie guys probably are freaking out about this. <laughs> I was like, this is cool. Yeah. I was like, and usually I would be icked out by that kind of thing, but like that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> how they did that. I, I thank God that people write think pieces so quickly on this stuff though, because mm. I definitely needed someone to explain the connective yes, tissue of yeah. like the Gordy's home stuff. And yeah. then like, once I read those <sighs> articles, I was like, Oh yeah, no, that is a great character explanation, actually. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of there's actually a lot of industry uh, stuff within this movie, and um, <laughs> like them. Uh, one of the things I think that we can say is that um, Kiki Palmer and David Kaluuya are their animal ringers for horses, and they work on sets. Um, and a lot of that stuff, this things that they're talking about at the beginning of the film are very real, and it's really cool to get like. Jordan Peele to be able to produce a movie like this and like bring some light to these different stories in Hollywood that aren't usually talked about. Um, and I think they did a lot of service to a lot of different things, but in such interesting ways. And then they have all like all this other like not real yeah. like industry lore. And I'm just like, all right, I got to do some reading. But, but I also <laughs> love that again, like I, I keep saying the word popcorn flick and, and I mean, that's kind of the point. Like he said, he wanted this movie to be more about spectacle than scares. And Ooh. it it <laughs> takes this awesome turn in the third act where it also turns into a love story about making movies with your friends mm. in like a very weird but kind of organic way. Ultimately, like there's just a lot that I that I liked about this movie. And that's what I think I mean when I'm like, it might be my least favorite as far as like from I think that Get Out is such a perfect first movie. And then, like, yeah. Us is is very visually awesome and, and creepy and weird. But, like, Nope is absolutely that, like, ah, I got nothing to do on a Friday night. I'm going to make a bowl of popcorn. I'm just going to sit down and watch Nope and just, like, have a good time for two hours. Okay. Ooh, interesting. I mm, I don't know if I agree with that. But that's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he's clearly a master at messing with you. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And you clearly have to watch his movies because he's so unique in telling the stories. Totally. Like, yeah. Like, you're not going to get that experience anywhere else. I, I'm excited to see the finished version of this movie. Um, this looks, I mean, you have to. You have well, to watch him, it. I was supposed to watch it on Friday. I didn't end up seeing it. Um, I'm excited to. 
him and Danny McBride are also really proving that comedians can make amazing turns in horror because they can reuse like the setup of a great punchline to also set up a really effective scare, which kind of got lost in the sea of like hardcore horror fanboys making horror movies <laughs> with right. Well, and that, the that was always the, isn't the same as yeah. the setup and punchline. Of no, the, the joke. that was no. the brilliant things about his sketches, though, like because there is such an interesting tenuousness when you get to like either the heart of a joke or like you finally get to that like punchline of the joke or punchline of a horror moment. Like there's the same kind of build up and setup to that that he really masterfully does and I love how much influence that he has with um uh just science fiction in general. Yeah. Um there's so much throughout it and like you can see a lot of the references especially if you're a total film geek or even <laughs> a comedy geek. Uh like, there's a lot of stuff in there that it's fascinating. Uh, which is why I'm like, I, I got to read more. Like yeah. <laughs> there's clearly yeah. stuff that I am completely missing. And that's where I do think that horror has like really elevated itself into the most interesting run that it's been in a while. Cause I think of something like scream five, like the newest scream movie that came out where there's this amazing sequence where the whole joke is like, we all know these movies and we know that someone is going to jump out at some point. So it's like for five straight minutes, there's like a character opening a refrigerator door and you're like, all right, here it comes. They're going to close the door and someone's going to be there. And like the music builds and then the door closes and nothing's there. And then they go into, and like they do it like seven or eight times to the point that yeah, you're like yeah. laughing about it. And then once you feel relaxed, the thing just jumps out of nowhere. <laughs> like it's like by <laughs> comedians. Uh, I mean, yeah. if you Geekscape, if you're listening to this and you did like the fifth screen movie, uh, go look up on YouTube, Chad, Matt and Rob. My friend Rob Polanski was part of a three person uh, sketch uh, group that would do choose your own adventure YouTubes and they're hilarious and I think it was Matt from that group who was a co-director on that Scream 5 and it will be I think part of Scream 6 but when but when, kudos to him for like going from a YouTube sketch group <laughs> that was making really funny how to or uh, choose your own adventure videos and then gets up on Scream 5 and you and like Matt said you do see a lot of those same techniques uh mm -hmm. That they had that they were they were cutting their chops with on YouTube, on Screen Five. Uh, Geekscape is this episode is a little long, but uh, it's okay. We had a lot of content to cover, and we covered it with our friends. And it, what else is Geekscape if not friendship, right? Well, it's a lot of things, um, but friendship's got to be a part of it. Um, Matt, where can we find you? Besides, uh, like the entirety Geekscape of the Geekscape Network. <laughs> Geekscape, that's a good. Did you start. notice it, it went down today, buddy? Did you see that? No. I spent the early part of the day with our good friend Paul West getting the website back up. Uh, it was a local server error. It had nothing to do with us. Trust me, this bill's been paid for the next three years. Uh, but uh, it, did, it did go down. And uh, Geekscape, as you're listening to this, and you know web design. Um, Everybody's been hit us up. Yeah, we, we, we got to redesign that website. That being yeah. said, people who have re been recommended to me, like that shit looked like Wix. Uh, I can't. Yeah. Be, I, no, we want this new design to be really good. So, Key Savers, you're listening to this, you're into web design. We don't need a coder. We, 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 can, we have somebody to handle the, the coding and the bells and whistles. We just want somebody to make the, the, the site look good, look sleek, look competitive for the new age. So, send me an email, jonathangeekscape.net. Yeah. Um, um, I guess just real quick, uh, weird algorithm. Check that out. That's kind of the newest thing that I'm working on. Uh, this week's guest is one of Weird Al's former personal assistants um, talking to us about uh, I Lost on Jeopardy. He uh, wrote 
5,000 Weird Al trivia questions for the most recent Weird Al tour and is uh, an extra in the new Weird Al movie starring Daniel Radcliffe. So he talked to us a little bit about that. And uh, definitely subscribe to One Hit Thunder on your uh, podcasting apps because not only is Wednesday one of our funniest episodes that we've done in a while, but if you're a subscriber, you'll also get a minute-long song that we made out of a moment from that episode uh, with the help of a producer friend of ours. So... That's exclusively for people who subscribe to the podcast. (laughs) Josh Jackson. And you can find me pretty much on all social media gaming platforms at Inu Joshua. And um, of course, I'm almost always on the Geekscape Games podcast. Uh, Just recorded kind of a solo show last week. Uh, It was Megan's debut actually on any of the podcasts. So we did a show. We slapped a show together uh, since no one else was around. Uh, but yeah, other than that, you could just find me there every couple weeks. That's great. I, I mean, I think that it, it, I love listening to that show every episode. But when Josh is on, it's immediately like a must listen immediately because it's hilarious. You're hilarious. Shane's not so. on this one either, so it elevates it. Even Ooh! Okay, <laughs> How dare you, Derek? And speaking of Derek, uh, when do we get the next Xbox Game Passengers podcast? It's been a little uh, errant recently. Uh, missing. No one one dropped one dropped a few okay. days ago. So oh, yeah, let me. Yeah. That was I mostly on me. Up. I didn't. I didn't give Derek the proper access to upload the episode to Megaphone. Oh my goodness! Who's running this ship? Oh, that'd be Matt. <laughs> I love this guy. He's like, look, hold on. I had to go keep a house. I was watching from Vernon. No, down. look. So I was under the That's impression. I was under the impression that if you had admin and then you had a producer level, that the level right in the middle would give them essentially the same access. But apparently, the middle one is just strictly a reader availability. So all Derek could do is look at everything, but not do anything. Derek. Beautiful. Derek, Derek, just you and me, okay? If you have a problem with Matt, just tell me, okay? If Matt, if there's something that hasn't been getting done, if it's, you have an issue, just you know, Matt, you stay out of it. Matt, you're not supposed to be it's listening. It's not right my now. fault that he Listen, had Matt, access for two months and didn't try to do anything with it until the day that to, the episode was supposed to drop. Matt, have you ever wondered what our text threads are like? It's exactly this. <laughs> Matt, go back to accidentally muting yourself. You I'm didn't sorry. hear any of this. Listen, Derek, <laughs> if you have a problem with anybody beyond shame, we know you have a problem with shame. Just. <laughs> Text me, okay, buddy. I'm there for I'll text you. you. If you okay, you. okay, okay. I'll text the group. It's all in the. It's all out in the open, you know. Well, Katie, you have a problem with all of this, as you should. <laughs> You're stuck in nah. here with us. We're a bunch of psychopaths. Oh, yeah. But welcome to Geekscape, and you have a brand new podcast that we can promote right now for anybody who's still possibly listening to this. <laughs> uh, yes, you can catch me on the Black and White Podcast on the Geekscape Network uh, with my friend Marie, who we need to get a t-shirt for. Uh, she's very interested in that. We're also probably going to have our first guest uh, this week, uh, or coming week, uh, so check out that. Other than that, you can find me here on Geekscape every once in a while, and sometimes on the Geekscape Games when I actually have a night off. And uh, you might be catching me somewhere else very exciting soon, but we'll uh, we'll announce that when that's official. Speaking, speaking of t- <laughs> People who need to get T-shirts, we'll announce that later. Uh, a hoodie. I was looking for a hoodie. Okay? <laughs> you listen. Okay. Beggar, beggars it's can't be, beggars can't be choosers, right, pal? If you had a problem, you come to me. Okay, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's mailed weird, out. Like, weirdly, feels like those like Trump. Like you're gonna do the right thing. <laughs> All right, Geekscape. I literally went to the post office today. If you've ordered a Geekscape shirt, it is in the hands of the U.S. Postal Service. They are out there and headed to you. I don't know if Josh got one. I hope Josh got one. And Katie, uh, I you know storage is right down the street. I can go get a shirt whenever you want. Just let me know the sizes. Geekscape is go check out the Geekscape store. Uh, 
um, limitededition.com. We have a, a, a Geekscape store. You go there and search for Geekscape. You'll find our store. And the new Geekscape Forevers are in stock. And I've been mailing them out. So get on it. Uh, this is Geekscape. If you have a problem, just... If you're pumped, just call me. Uh, <laughs> you can find us just search for Geekscape, all that good stuff on socials. What I want you to do is go to Facebook and be a friend of ours. Search Geekscape. The Geekscape Forever Group's a good place to hang our hats. Uh, we're all on that stuff. I got that TikTok. How'd you like that Stan Lee Dickscape video? That, oh, was, that was so yeah, funny. I hadn't seen that in a while, and I like almost right. just. I've maybe seen it so many times and like spat out a drink almost. Uh, just maybe we get some Tyrese classic. video up there in the next week or so. That'd be Tyrese fun. I, it's gonna, all about the baby. It's, it's going to be a my, mix of. Uh, New videos and like some sprinkled hits in there. Yeah. So. And some buttered Pop Tart people come out of the uh, woodworks support. Oh, support Matt, you're here. building an army on that. <laughs> all right. Oh, King's Gamers. That's all we can fit. Okay. We'll talk to y'all later. Peace. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.